which pot to use when making alcatra, a dessert named for a queen, and why bulls are revered in Teixeira. This week, we're in the Azores of Portugal. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This is where we try dishes from every corner of the earth at DestinationEatDrink.com and here on the Destination Eat Drink podcast. My guest this week is Maria Lawton, host and producer of Maria's Portuguese Table on PBS. But first, if you've enjoyed Destination Eat Drink, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and rate and review us on your podcast app. Thank you very, very much. Maria Lawton was on the show last week talking about the Portuguese people who came to southeastern Massachusetts and settled in New Bedford and Fall River. And if you haven't heard that episode, you can get it at radiomisfits.com slash DED236. This week, Maria's back talking about the new season of her show, Maria's Portuguese Table, and the cuisine of the island of Teixeira in the Azores. Teixeira is about a thousand miles from mainland Portugal in the Atlantic Ocean. It's part of the Azorean island chain formed by volcanic eruptions hundreds of thousands of years ago. And Maria tells me about the culture of ceramics in Teixeira, including the unique wine glasses made there and a unique cooking vessel for a dish called Alcatra. But first, Maria tells me about being a judge for the Pastel Donata Throwdown. Okay. I'm starving for some pastel donata, so let's eat. Destination, eat, drink. Maria Lawton, welcome back to Destination, Eat, Drink. I had you on the show last week. We were talking a lot about New Bedford, Massachusetts, which has this vibrant Portuguese community. We talked about the Feast of the Blessed Sacrament. We talked about having bacalaua brass. We talked all kinds of all kinds of cool stuff. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the places where you were in this season two of your show, Maria's Portuguese Table. So thanks for coming back on the show this week. Oh, thanks for having me back. I knew when we sat down last week, I'm like, okay, how can I talk about everything in just one episode? And of course, it doesn't happen that way. Impossible. Does it? impossible. It's impossible. With the two of us together, we can talk forever. So this is like, this is impossible, especially when there's so much to say, you know, it really is. So thank you for having me back again. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the Azorish, but before we get to the Azores, um, I follow you on social media. And it's always, it's always fun to see what you're up to, what you're cooking, where you're going, what you're doing. Um, and recently, you posted about something that just really tickled my fancy. And uh, that is the New Bedford Fall River Pastel Donata Throwdown, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I just think is an awesome freaking idea. I love this. Um, but before we get started, let's. I, I just want to tell folks, Pastel Donata is the famous custard tart that you get when you come to Lisbon. It's all over Portugal. It's, it's at any Portuguese bakery yes. in the United States. But it started in Lisbon. Um, it's the famous custard tart. It's absolutely delicious. And then they recently had a competition between the two uh, town cities that have the strong Portuguese culture, New Bedford and Fall River, Massachusetts, 
there's the setup. Tell me a little bit about it, Maria. <laughs> well, what's funny is, is I had, um, an email sent to me and, um, it was a woman, Pam Schwartz. And she says, you know, I had the New Bedford food tours she's has here in New Bedford. And she goes, I teamed up with my friend, you know, uh, Patty in fall river. And we've come up with this idea of doing, um, a throwdown, a not a throwdown. And, you know, would you be interested in, um, you know, in being part of this? And I'm thinking, okay, a not a throwdown. Number one, what an amazing idea. That's, that's right. like, it, it's, I, I was like, oh my goodness, I got to talk to this woman. So I, uh, she's like, if you're interested, give me a call. This is my number. So I give her a call and she starts telling me, she's like, you know, we have all of these and I think we need to, you know, I, we've got these, uh, you know, bakeries in Fall River that have agreed. We've got these bakeries in New Bedford, you know, uh, we need people to, you know, to, to go to these bakeries and try them out. Would you be able to do that and, and kind of <laughs> show people, you know, this is what you need to do folks, you know, go into bakery, do this, do that, get your, you know, your card stamped and, you know, and I'm like, you want me to go to bakeries and try out Natish? And so she's like, yes. And I'm like, uh, where do I sign up? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, yes. And yes. no hesitation, no hesitation. It's just now I have, you know, to work out extra pounds, but it was, it was a job that I needed to do. I felt I needed to do. So, uh, it was the neatest thing. So what's funny again, like anything, which is really funny is that they approached pretty much all the uh, Portuguese bakeries. And a lot of them went, no, I don't want to, no, don't want to do this. And others were like, yeah, you know, this is fun. And uh, so in New Bedford, there were only three bakeries that agreed to be part of the competition. Hmm. So it was uh, Sunrise, it was Goulart Square, and it was, oh my goodness, I'm going to, uh, uh, Economy Bakery, that's it, Economy Bakery in in the North End. So I started with those three because I figured, okay, I've got to start first, you know, New Bedford. I've got to do those three. So of course I'd go in and they followed me with a camera. Followed <laughs> <laughs> me with a camera as I went in. And I had to be careful because I couldn't like go, oh my God, this is the best. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Uh, cause I had to be, you know, everyone has different tastes. I couldn't just say, this is my favorite and go from there. Uh, it has to be, it's a private, it's a secret thing. You know, you, you vote in secret. And, um, so, so I got to do that. So of course the first one I go to, I'm like biting into it. I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, <laughs> really good. And, you know, cause there's a specific, there's three things that you've got to look for in a Nata. You've got to look for the outside crunch, the the shell that it's in. It's a puff pastry crust. So when you bite into it, it's got to go. You've got to have that crunch. The inside has to be nice and creamy, and um, the the texture of it, and and the very top of the custard part has to have caramelization got to be mm-hmm. caramelized on that top. So it's those three things that make a pastel donato. So, and we have to call it a pastel donato uh, because you cannot call it a pastel de belem because they're the original. There's only one that can only be called that, and that is belem. The rest can be called pastel donato, but it's pretty much, it's the derivative of that. 
I just found that not too long ago. It was like, oh, you it's you can't call it Peshtal de Belem because that is only in that one place. It's like a protected origin Correct. type thing. Correct. Just like a champagne and sparkling wine type of idea. You got it. So um, so of course I had the three in New Bedford that I did. And then when I got to um Fall River. I needed to do, you know, I needed to do those there. And we had six, six bakeries in Fall River. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to do all these? (laughs) And it's a sacrifice that I need to make, you know. (laughs) And uh, so I called I called my friends, um, the Portuguese kids, um, Brian and Derek, who are in Fall River. And I said, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. And I'm going to be tasting pastels de nata and seeing who has the best ones in Fall River and, you know, competing against New Bedford. And so they're like, New, New Bedford's not going to win. It's Fall River. So there's a <laughs> lot of like trash talk going on. And so I show up at uh, Barcelos, one of the bakeries that we uh, we filmed at. Again, I had the, the camera following me and they show up with the mayor of Fall River. Oh, and wow. and they're telling the mayor and them are going, you know, so, you know, so why it, so why is New Bedford Pistels not to not as great as Fall River? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I am not I am not gonna go there. No, we've gotta stay even, even Steven. So we we go to uh we went to a few of them. I couldn't do all six. I couldn't do all six. I'm like, uh, you know, and uh so after the third one, I'm like, I can't, guys, I can't. I can only and I was only taking a bite. I couldn't like I couldn't have a whole not to all the time. I just this is not gonna work. And um so we went to uh Cafe Um Europa. Uh, that was the other one. And we went to Letty's or Lendy's. I had never heard of that bakery before. So there were bakeries that I went into that I hadn't gone before in, which was really great. And that was the key thing. We wanted, number one, it was a, a fantastic idea. And I even said that to the two women, Pam and Patty, and and said to them, uh, I don't know who came up with this idea from the two of you, but whoever did it, genius. Because it's it's so good to have a different take on something so fun, so new, and it's right there in front of you. You know, you've got all these wonderful things, but you want people to go out to the different bakeries and try out the different desserts. And while you're there, you know, try out the coffees and try out, you know, whatever. And, oh, there was one bakery I went into and I was, I kept going, wow, wow, wow. Because mm. everything was so good. It was it was the crunch. It was this, it was that. Then they came out with coffees, the made lates. They're like, oh, have this. And then they come out with, oh, and we have a a frap we made from Natish. And I'm like, what? You have a frap, which is ice cream, you know, cold, whatever, with Natish in it. I'm like, no, 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 no. And they're like, yeah, here you go. Taste it. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go into a sugar coma pretty soon because it wow. was, it, it was, yeah, to the, it, it was incredible. And, uh, it was such a fun thing to do. And they just announced, um, they just announced on the 15th, uh, what, who won, which is great. And so it was, um, Goulart Square. In New Bedford, that one number one for their Natish, 
from the two places. And number two was um, the Europa or Cafe Europa in Fall River. So those, it was a close, it was a close between those two, but those are the two that, um, that the majority of people agreed were the best ones. Um, so it, it was, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And so of course people now are like, well, who has the best coffee? Oh, now, <laughs> there you go. who has, who has the best Portuguese steaks? I'm like, oh my goodness. I am not doing that. I am not going. I'm not doing that. <laughs> They're opening up all these cans of worms now, <laughs> all yes, these competitions. Yes. So, yes. so I can see more happening, but, uh, I think Maria is, um, I will pass the baton on to someone else. <laughs> You're going to retire. That's good. I retire. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you come to uh, when you come to mainland Portugal, when you come to Lisbon, I'll take yes. you to some of my favorite places, Maria. And we oh, can, I can't wait. We can try the pastel donadas there, and you can decide what's your favorite. What's my, my favorite? I love. I love, um, and I've heard some people give grief to these kinds of pastel donatas, but I love the mini pastel donata. And I'll tell you why. Um, first of all, they're like two bites, one bite if you're feeling, you know, frisky. But <laughs> I like the fact with the mini pastel donata, you get a higher ratio of crust to custard. And for me, it's all about the crust. I love the custard mm. on the inside, but I really love that filo dough crust that you get. So you get yeah. more of that when you have the mini pastel donata. And that's why I, I, I personally, I love the minis. Interesting. Um, yeah, here, and the other thing that people are doing a lot of also is you've got your traditional pastel donata, but then they put like passion fruit on top right, or they right. put, you know, Nutella on top or they put this on top. And, you know, if you like that, good for you. That's, you know, whatever, but I'll take the original, you know, without any toppings any day. Um, and like you, I agree. It's like that crunch, that crunch has got to be there. If that crunch isn't there. Mm, okay. It's either old. They made it yesterday and you're getting it yeah. today. Or, you know, they, you can't, you cannot be a fresh natta. And in some of the bakeries that I went to, they had just come out of the oven. That's what you want. And that's Get them what you fresh want. out of the oven. And here in yeah. Portugal, I found out that you can, like, you can point to the specific one that you want and it's not considered rude. I mean, I, right. I would be reluctant to do that in the United States if I went into a bakery and said, no, 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 I don't want that one. I want that one. But here in Portugal, it's like expected and you'll see people in some of these pastelerias hanging back, waiting for the new <laughs> ones to come yes. out of the oven. And they're like, okay, now we'll get in line. Now we'll go and we'll order one because when you've get, it's warm, the crust is warm, but also that inside the custard is warm. I'm getting creamier. goosebumps just talking about yeah, it right it's now. Creamier. It's actually creamier that way, which is incredible. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, I won't say which bakery I had this, but I bit into it. I picked it up and I'm like, mm, okay, this is, this feels cold. Mm. And then I bit into it. It was like they had taken it out of the refrigerator. And I'm oh. like, who the heck serves this? You know, right. it was, uh, again, I will not share that. But um, yeah, they it was like, no, this is not how it should be served. You don't even serve that. Um, it's gotta, it's gotta be, 
you know, it's going to be warm. It's got to be warm. Because then the custard is, when it's out of the oven, the custard is almost runny. And if it's been sitting around for a while, it gets more gelatinous. And I can't imagine if it was cold, if it was sitting in the refrigerator, it'd be even more gelatinous. And that's just... It's just not as good that way. No, it's wrong. So. It's just so wrong. We're going to put them in pastel and out of jail. <laughs> yes, they're in the corner with the dunce cap. <laughs> so, Maria, let's let's go to the Azores now. In the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, there's this set of islands called the Azores, which is a Portuguese, an official Portuguese territory. This is where your family is from. Lots of folks from the, uh, who are live in the United States can trace their Portuguese heritage back to the Azores. And you did an episode in, uh, Tercera. Yes. And what I found really interesting that I've also found interesting throughout Portugal is you'll find these certain areas where ceramics are really a vital part of the local culture. And in Tercera, there's a strong culture of ceramics and pottery. You even got to make a pot while you were there. What was that like? Oh my goodness. That was such an amazing, amazing experience. Uh, Number one, I never thought I was going to be making a pot. I, I knew because when we were in Tercera, the the food I knew I wanted to make when I was there was the alcatra as well as Duna Melias. So the alcatra is meat that is cooked low and slow in a clay vessel. And so I knew I wanted to see how these vessels were made. So, and someone had said, oh, there's, you know, this gentleman who is in the village, he's there. I hadn't even spoken to him before I got there. It was literally uh, by divine intervention kind of thing. And they said, oh, he's, you know, he's there. His name is Ricardo. You know, uh, you can talk to him, see if he'll let you film him making a pot or, you know, whatever. So I was like, great. So I show up. And of course, it's not just me that shows up. It's me and six men. (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's like it's just, crew. Yeah. And you know, and they've got cameras and they've got you know mics and they've got this and they got I don't know all that stuff. And so I show up and hi, hi, you know, Snoop Cardu, you know, I'm Maria Lawton, this is what I'm doing, blah, 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 you know, whatever the whole bit. And, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, this is you know, this is great. Thank you. And so I learn more about his history and what how it all came together and what he does. And so it came from learning about his history. Uh, I mean, down to, um, you know, the one of the ovens that he has, which is built just like Roman ovens were made, uh, where it's like one, if you take one stone out, the whole oven falls kind of thing. It is, it is just the most amazing, amazing oven I've ever seen. Um, and that he's still... Um, once or twice a year uses that oven and uh, and can hold over a thousand or so many pieces just in that one oven, which is incredible. And and then down to feeling the clay that uh, the dirt, the clay that he uses to making everything in his um, in his shop. And one of the clay or the mother of all clays is comes from the island of Santa Maria. That is the mother clay. And it is over 
if I'm not mistaken, 9 million years old. Hmm. And so it is something where I'm like, okay, my mother's side of the family came from Santa Maria. They came originally from the mainland in, in, and then they went to Santa Maria because that was the first island to be inhabited before they went to San Miguel. So I'm like, okay, if I touch this, it's almost like I'm touching their, <laughs> their soil that they were in before. You know what I mean? It wow. was, it, it was really, it was really beautiful and it felt so beautiful. And then he was like, well, do you want to make one? And I'm like, do I want to make what? And he goes, well, I can teach you how to make one. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I don't know how to make it. I've never worked with clay before. I've never worked. He's like, oh, it's easy with the wheel. Here's the wheel. And of course he makes something and it's like in a blink of an eye. He goes, see, it's easy. This is it. This is what you can do. And and he's like, oh, okay. So here's, so he gets me all, you know, with the apron, all of that stuff up. And of course I'm wearing white. I don't know why I wore white that day, but I wore white. <laughs> And so I'm like, okay, I, this is going, my white is going out the window. I'm going to get, you know, dirty. And, uh, and he's like, okay, you've got to knead the, the, the clay first. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. Cause I saw him kneading it. And I'm like, oh, this is like dough. You, you need the dough like for bread. This is going to be it. Oh my goodness. You've got to have a strength, upper body strength. Like you would not believe to work that, uh, that clay. And then you know, you throw it on the wheel and I made a small vessel. I made it. I, it's not the big Alcatra pot, but I made a smaller version of the Alcatra pot, <laughs> but I did it. I did it. And I was so proud of it. And then he's like, well, you know, this has got to cure. And then I've got to heat it and I've got to do this up to it. And he's like, but when you come back, are you ever going to come back? And I'm like, I am coming back. He goes, it will be waiting for you. So, uh, so I need to go back. You got to get that pot, Maria. I, I got to get that pot I made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it was so beautiful. And of course you hearing his story and how he's, you know, what he's done and what he's still doing. And there are only a very few people on that Island that are making things by hand. And, and this is the same thing when I find, when I go to different islands, like, like when we were in, you know, it is always like somebody who's like last person or one of three people that are making it on the island and no one else is making it and no one else is doing it. It's like, oh my goodness, guys, do you see what's happening here? Somebody's got to learn how to do this. We've got to continue these traditions because once these people are gone, it's lost. It goes with them. And, and that is part of our culture as part of our history. It's part of our culture. It's, you know, this is what we used um, in our cooking, in in our serving of foods, in all of that. And he made me, or he he gave me, I should say, because he had made it before. These um, these small uh, cups. He says, "I've got cups that I've made. That was the traditional way of drinking wine. You didn't use it in a glass. You drank it from this." And I had never seen it before. I had never never seen it before. And he said, but when you drink wine in this, he said, it is uh, the way our ancestors would drink their wine is in this clay vessel. And, and he gave, he gave one, he, he made it and he gave one to me and my husband. So we have two of them. Nice. 
I, we had red wine in it the other day. It was like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm drinking it. It's like this small bowl with a little um, spout in it that you would, you kind of, and it has almost like two little handles that you would put your, your two hands holding it. And the little spout would be, you know, turning it towards you. So the wine pours in and pours into your mouth that way. And it is, yeah, it was like, I'm like, okay, I know my ancestors strength out of this. That design sounds amazing to me, Maria, because as yes. I'm imagining this in my head, I'm thinking with that little spout, maybe part of what it's doing is aerating the wine a little bit as it goes into your mouth. So you get exactly a, it. a more of a flavor. That's it's genius That's exactly, in a way, isn't it? It's exactly it. It's exactly it. They didn't know it at that time, but they were right. doing that. Yes. Or maybe they right. did. Or maybe well, they did. Sure. You know? Maybe not, but you know, it, it is, uh, yeah. So it, it was a beautiful experience with him and I can't wait for people to see it. I, it really was beautiful. Talk a little bit about this dish, the Alcatra that you mentioned. So the Alcatra, it, which has Moorish influences that talk about history in our food. Um, you know, we had a lot of Moorish, uh, Jews. Uh, we had the Moors that came into Portugal, you know, leaving, you know, all the persecution that they were going through coming into the mainland. And, um, and they were there and influenced so much in the mainland. So much was influenced by them and, um, and the Moorish people. And then including, you know, our tiles that we that we have all, there's just so much. Um, and, and then what happened is, is they, um, they would use like a, a if you go to Morocco, whatever, they have um, tangines. And so what they did when they came to Portugal and then eventually to, they left there and the mainland and went to the Azores, they brought along and people who left brought along these, um, these vessels. And so it is a clay vessel um, that does not have a top like a tangine, but it is in a clay pot. And you would make layers of cuts of beef that are usually not the most tender. Um, and but because you're layering it with um, you know, with onions and bay leaves and uh, peppercorns and wine and uh, garlic and uh, it's just like, layer upon layer, and the meats are laid up on top of each other. And at the end, you add, wine to it and you um you cover it up and they covered it up now they cover it up with uh foil other times um you know they they wouldn't they would just leave it that way <laughs> you know maybe put up you know something to cover it but it was not a, another vessel of sort and um and you let it just cook low and slow and then when it's done the meat is just so tender and it is so delicious. And, um, and everything that's in that pot, that pot, that vessel, um, it just permeates inside of that meat and it's just incredible. And I knew I had made it here at home one time because I, I have, People that I know from Sarah who go, oh, it's easy. You can do this. And you, you know, you need to get the clay pot. And the first time I I bought the clay pot, 
I didn't season it long enough. And uh, so you learn by mistake. So of course I put it in the oven and it cracked. Oh no. Yeah. And that's what can happen. So I go back to the Portuguese store that I bought the vessel in and I said, it's my fault. I know I didn't season it. I should have seasoned it longer than I did. And, and so was soaking it in water. And because you need to soak it in water for a good couple of days. And I soaked it for one day thinking it was enough and it wasn't. Mm. So um, so they said, oh, we have uh, black uh, play uh, here that comes from the mainland. And the black clay does not need to be seasoned. So you can use that to make your alcatra. And I went, oh, okay. So I now have a a black clay that comes from the mainland to make the, the alcatra. So of course I take pictures of it. I make it, whatever. I got heck from <laughs> everyone in Tercera saying, you're not from Tercera, number one. Uh, you do not cook it in a black pot. That's from the mainland. And, and you know, you want to say to them, well, where do you think we came from? Well, where do you think this came from? This did right, not, right. you know, it did not pop out of the island when the island came up from the, the Atlantic. <laughs> this is not, you know, so, but I get it. I get it because, you know, it is very dear to them and it is like the dish that they make there. And they do the alcatra of beef. They do with chicken. They do with fish. They do... They even make, a, uh, in those pots, they even make rice pudding. They make, I mean, like they're doing everything in those pots. So I get it. And I, I don't want to offend anyone. So I, I needed to make sure that when I was in Tercero, that I would learn from a home cook. And, and that's what I did. And her name was Philomena Carvalho. And she opened her home to me, which was just beautiful and incredible. And uh, and she taught me how to make the one, the Alcatra dish that is in their village. So every village has their own little take of spices and of like little take of here and there of what they do. But the the end result is still all the same, but some people season it with one way, someone season it with extra this, someone seasons it with extra that. So she taught me how she does it from her village, her husband's village. So I was like, okay. And uh, so we did it. And of course you serve it with um, sweetbread. That is the traditional way you eat it with um, with uh, masa, masa suvada, fondos. Uh, so we would we had it with that, and it was incredible, just incredible. Um, and then she also it was her sister in law that was there, and uh, it's her sister in law who makes the dona meliage, and the dona meliage is also a specialty just of that island. Even though they make it everywhere now, but it is a specialty of that island because the last king and queen. Uh, the last queen of Portugal was um, Dona Amelia. She was our last queen. And so when the king and the queen came to visit and did their tour of the Azores, when they were in Tercera, the women of Tercera decided they were going to make a dessert specifically or specially for her with her name. And they'd be calling it the Dona Amelia. 
And so there's history on that cupcake as well. And um, so she, they, she had, it was her recipe, but it was Philomena who taught it to me on camera uh, because the sister-in-law was too shy. She didn't want to be on camera, but it is, yeah, it is her. um, She was there, but in the background, making sure that we were doing everything right. (laughs) Uh, but did, did I'm not, not coming want... on camera, but I'm going to make sure. <laughs> yes. And there were a couple of times she would go, no, 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 it's not that way. And we were like, okay, we got to stop filming because we can't have someone going, no, no, no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Oh, it's brilliant. I love it. What, yeah, what exactly it's... is the Dona Amelia? Uh, the Dona Amelia is almost like, um, how can I explain it? It takes molasses. It takes corn flour. It, um, it is, again, something where it's a very Portuguese thing because, again, we had the sugarcane plantations and all that. And we had the the cana, the, the molasses made from our sugarcane. And that is in there. It is uh, spices that are of Portuguese that we had from the spice trade. So there's cinnamon, there is a nutmeg, there is um, clove, there's like all of these other, even pepper, there's even pepper in it too, which is hmm. really kind of neat. And, um, and it creates this um, dessert, which is so, so delicious. And my husband called it almost like a gingerbread. It was very similar to, um, to a gingerbread for him and because of all the, and spices. I, of all the spices exactly and and i'm like no 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 this is not gingerbread and he's like maria smell it, it smells <laughs> like gingerbread i said it's not gingerbread <laughs> you know <laughs> so um and then some people would put uh a couple or one or two raisins in it not everybody does but some people do so we made half a batch with a couple of raisins in it and the other batch without it and and then of there's course, the Moorish um, influence again, Maria. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So it is. Um, it's a beautiful dessert. It's a beautiful dessert. I loved it. And of course, uh, a lot of people where we'd go to different restaurants in Tercera, of course, they'd go, oh, we have the Dona Emilia tart. So they'd make instead of doing all of the different uh, cupcakes, they would do a tart. So um, so you'd have that. That came up a lot while we were there. Um, but it was wonderful to make those two dishes, especially because to me, that is theirs. Does that make sense? Absolutely. As well as learning more about why bulls are so important to that island and the history of that, um, of the bulls and how for, you know, some time, uh, the Portuguese, you know, the Spaniards had taken over Spain. I mean, the Spaniards had taken over Portugal and had taken up all the majority of all the other islands had given in going, oh, okay, fine. But the only island who for several years was just Portugal and part of Portugal was Tercera. And because they fought off the Spaniards with their bulls, this woman, uh, had an idea when they were coming in because they were more of the Spaniards than they were of people on the island. And um, and she suggested, we have all these bulls. Let's let the bulls go and see what happens. So the bulls, they let the bulls go and they went towards the Spaniards and stampede over them. And wow. 
And the Spaniards t- turn around and left and said, these people are going to, we we can't fight bulls. So, and they left and they left for a couple of years until they came back with more people and they overtook it. But for a couple of years, it was the stronghold of Portugal. It was Terceiro. These are strong, strong people, strong, tough people. How ironic it is that they fought them off with what is the symbol of Spain, the bull. You go Uh to Spain, everything is about the bull, yet it was the bulls that got the Spanish off of this island. That's incredible. How ironic is that, isn't it? Yes. Yes, the irony of it. Yeah. But that's how they that's how they did it. So there's a lot of um people being very proud that, you know, of of what happened there and in um the history of it. It is uh it is 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 wonderful. It's just oh, it's a wonderful episode. It's a wonderful episode. Maria, before I let you go, there's one thing that I did want to bring up from this episode because it really rung true with me. I talk about this on the podcast all the time that what I say is food is culture, culture is food. Just as much as art or politics or agriculture, you know, anything that you think of, music, dance, anything that you think of that's part of culture, food is an integral part of culture as well. And you had a quote in this episode that I want to read back to you. You said, if you want to learn about culture, try the food. Yeah. And this was just something that when, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh man, that is so perfect. That's uh, the perfect way to put it. Our culture is ingrained in our food and in our history is in our food. Um, and you can, most of all our dishes and that we have can be <laughs> put in with history of us, of who we are as our, you know, it's, it's, it, Yes. It, it just is. It just is. And um, so it's it's almost something when, you know, when anyone visits any of the islands or they get to visit the islands or they go to the mainland or they go wherever you go. It's the food. You've got to you've got to just go where locals go. You've got to go where, you know, off the beaten path, um, because sometimes, you know, Certain restaurants, they kind of, you know, move it so that it it appeals to those that, you know, wouldn't want this or that. So they tweak it a little. And I don't want to do that. I want it to stay as true as possible as it can. And because, and we've got to keep that. We've got to keep that going. We have to keep that going. Um, and that's with our art. That's with our culture. That's with ceramics. That's with, you know, fill in the blank. You know, our people who made knitted and made our through looming made these beautiful blankets or whatever it is. And all of these things that are just incredible. There was there was one place, for example, in Tercera that I went to and that was Quinta do Martel. And I had never heard about it before. And that is the honest to goodness truth. And I um, I heard about it from someone. And I went, okay, let me take a look at this. And and this is, you know, you talk about filming and doing something and you go in and I have something in mind. This is how I like to do things. I don't like to go in and say, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to see. This is what we're going to say. And we're out of there. That That's not the way it goes. Because when you go in, it almost has to 
you know what you want to like you have a um, an idea of I want to make sure I show food, I show culture, I show history, I show you know, whether it's music or this. Something's got to be. I've got to hit all those parts, but it also kind of reveals itself to me. It's it's almost like the island or wherever I am goes. Mm-hmm. You need to show this, and and I follow it. It's um. It's something that I can't explain. It just is. And that happened with us in the first season. Like we knew what we wanted to do, but at the end, it yes, we hit those things, but it was even more. And it was the same thing in Sarah. And, and as well as all the other islands too. Um, there was something really special and magical that happened in San Jorge, but that's a whole other story. But in <laughs> in some in in uh in Tercera, the Quinta du Martel is this gentleman who for the past 20 some years, or maybe more, it might be in 30 years, has been recreating almost like uh, Williamsburg, uh, Virginia, or Plymouth Plantation, or what do you call it? He has recreated how the homes were for our ancestors, how houses were built when they first got there how it looked after, how they, what they grew in agriculture, how they were able to, you know, pottery and uh, what do you call it? Ironworks and this, and just like all of that stuff. He has it there. He has it there. And I felt like I had gone back in time. And I got to see what my ancestors would have gone through when those islands were inhabited 500 years ago. It was so special. Um, And I said to him, I said, why don't I know about this place? Why don't we know more about this place? Because if you want to know how it all began, and the suffering that they went through and all of the, the turmoil and, and you had pirates coming in all the time, trying to take over what you've grown and, and all, I mean, it is something where, um, and he has it there. It's like living history. So if anyone is going to Tercera anytime soon, uh, of all the places, the things that I talked about, you need to see Quinta de Martel, you, you, which is, um, the Quinta of the Hammer, the Martel. And um, it is it is a place where it people need to know more about it because you see our humble beginnings, our very humble beginnings, and um and the suffering that they went through. And and then you look at it and you go, oh my God, you know, we all stand on our ancestors' shoulders. We all do, because we all come from somewhere else. And why we are where you are is because of them, no matter how far back. And we cannot forget that. We have to honor that. Well, Maria, I think that's the perfect way to end this episode. That's a nice bow on this whole thing about uh, the Azores and about Portugal in general. And I just want to thank you for being on the podcast. And I want to thank you for your show, Maria's Portuguese Table, because sharing the culture and the food of Portugal is just 
such an important thing, and it's so fascinating to me. I love listening to your stories. I could listen to you all day talk about these wonderful stories about Portugal and about the folks who have uh, lived in Portugal and some of them who have migrated to other places. So thanks again for being on the show. It's been great to catch up with you. Thank you again. Always a pleasure, Han. Always a pleasure. Okay, there you go. Maria is so passionate about the Azores and Portuguese cuisine, it's so inspiring. You can keep up with Maria on her website, azoriangreenbean.com. I've also got a link to Maria's website in the show notes. Get that at destinationeatdrink.com slash ded237. And be sure to check your local listings for when Maria's Portuguese Table airs on your PBS station. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, we are in Chicago to dine El Trunco and get in a fight with your father. <laughs> don't, want, don't want to miss that one. Uh, while you're waiting for that, get over to DestinationEatDrink.com. You can sign up for the Destination Eat Drink newsletter and read the story I just posted about an abandoned winery near Lisbon. It's an amazing place we kind of stumbled upon on our last outing near Lisbon. Read about that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash abandoned hyphen winery. I just posted a food and wine crawl in the town of Evra, Portugal as well. You can watch that video by going to DestinationEatDrink.com and clicking on the video tab or go to YouTube and look up my channel. It's at DestinationEatDrink946. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson, and I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.